Hey, for every believer in the house, our word, the word says that he inhabits the praises of his people. So why don't we take a moment to praise King Jesus for what he's done and let's make a throne for him to sit on that's filled with adoration, that's filled with worship in awe of the goodness of God. The wonder and the majesty of heaven came for us to be Emmanuel. The God is not just in heaven, the God who's present showed up on the earth and is still here by the power of the Holy Spirit. And maybe you need a touch of heaven in your life. Maybe you need uh, the Savior to show up in your world, in your situation. Well, I've got good news for you. Not based upon showing up in church, but based upon that Bethlehem night, the gift of Jesus. On Calvary's cross, the payment for our sins. Just right where we're at, no matter what we've walked through, no matter how many mistakes we've made, the love of God still comes for us. And it'll meet with you today. You can have a God encounter today that will radically change your life. Can we pray? Would you join me in prayer? Father God, I thank you for the gift of Jesus and for these next few moments as we look at a Christmas story. Would it change our story? Would it change our hearts? Lord, I pray that we do not just get lost in all the fun and all the excitement and all the the celebration of this season and not miss the beauty of your love for us that you sent your one and only so that we could be forever in your family. God, I pray over every heart that's here, every part of our church family, every guest, maybe here for the very first time. God, I thank you that you would know, they, you know right where they're at and you want to meet with them in, in, in a beautiful, real, and authentic way. So God, I think you would speak to their hearts these next few moments and let them experience this amazing love that knows no end. It's all because of Jesus. It's his name we pray. Amen. 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 Can we thank the worship team? What a phenomenal job. We got some more songs in just a moment. You can grab your seats. Again, we welcome those watching online and the men of Lansing. We love you so much. And... Um, I, I, I want to thank you, church, because you've already given me two gifts. Um, the first one, as we just talked about Lansing, we had this unbelievable Christmas celebration and banquet that was, uh, over the years, lots of churches got involved. This year, none of them could, so we did. We stepped in. You stepped in, church, and we made this, um, this celebration. It's a once in a year for some of them to get to meet with their family. And so our, our church location is meeting right now in, in Lansing every single Sunday. And then on Thursday nights, about once a month, I go there in person and preach. But they all got to gather together, and we, we, we threw them a meal unlike any other meal. In fact, many of them said it's the, it's the best meal they have all year long. And uh, with that were so many amazing stories of, uh, of reconciliation, people that haven't seen their family. One guy I met hadn't seen his son in four years but you made an opportunity for them to connect. And uh, another family that received um, gifts from us, haven't gotten gifts from their dad ever, and they weren't gifts from our church. We gave them to the dad to give to their kids. So thank you for making that a reality. My, cool, the, my favorite story was two. The, one guy, uh, he was waiting for his mom, and it, this got postponed a week. I got postponed a week because they had the most violent week in Lansing they've had in years, and the whole prison was on lockdown. And so we weren't sure if we were gonna be able to do it on Friday, but we finally were able, because some of the family traveled from out of the city, out of the area, out of state, uh, they weren't sure if they were gonna show up or not. And so this one guy kept looking at the door, kept looking at the door, 
And he was really distraught. It's like, my mom said she would be here, but, but she's, she's 30 minutes late. She's 45 minutes late. And I sat with him the whole time. and says, you know what, let's just pray that if she is coming, that she'd show up. And we prayed. And at the very last moment, we said amen. And I'm not kidding. Within seconds of our final amen, she walked into the door. And you just saw his heart, his heart change. It was beautiful. One guy told me he has not seen it because we did decorations. We had special privilege to bring things in for the very first time in a long time. Uh, he hasn't seen a Christmas tree in 23 years. So thank you, church, for being the real deal, for caring about people that other people will overlook. We're so, Liz and I are so honored to pastor a church with such crazy generosity. Second thing I wanted just to kind of encourage all of us in. Last week, we, we did the first giving towards our big initiatives for next year. All the things that God has put on our heart that we want to see become a reality. We called it Build Hope. There's four things that we're doing right here in Kingdom Kids and Northeast KC to build a house of hope out and in South KC to launch a new location in the building we own and in Jima, Ethiopia. In fact, Omad and his beautiful family are right here with us. We love you guys so much. Sending them on the mission field to East Africa. And I want to just tell you and update you, not only uh, was the response unbelievable, but we have crazy, amazing God momentum in this. In fact, I think 87 different individuals and families gave a gift or made a pledge for next year, and we are well above where we should be at this moment. But we still have room to go and room to grow. And so my prayer is for, for those that say, this is my church home, or I believe in what God is doing here, maybe even those online, that we would get another 50 individuals or families to jump in before the end of the year. If you need more information on that, uh, these are four strategic God moves to radically change our city and to touch the world for Jesus. And if we all do our part, if we pray and participate, uh, I know God is gonna show up in such a special way. Amen? Amen? Amen. So thank you for what you've done. If you need more information, we have that, we have that for you. Um, let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter... Two. How many know the Christmas, our celebrations are a little weird at Christmas time. We bring the tree indoors, we put our socks on the mantle, like there's some strange things that happen. People act like they like eggnog this time of year. What is wrong with you? But the Christmas story itself, like the Christmas story is crazy. I mean, it is the king of heaven, the creator of all things. By him and through him all things were created, is born to teenagers in an occupied, overlooked country, placed in a, a manger, which we glorify as like this majestic, no, it is a feeding trough for animals. He was born in a barn. The majesty of heaven, he came down to do life with us because God loved us so much. There's a tyrant king who's out to kill him. We're going to look at that story today. He has to escape into Egypt, and he lives 33 years, three years of which he preaches and proclaims and raises up leaders. The kingdom of God is here. And then he goes to the cross, and God uses that sacrifice and surrender of Jesus for the atonement of our sins so he could redeem us back to our rightful place as sons and daughters. No longer sinners lost without hope, but we have an everlasting hope with Christ. And we have been forgiven. And we're going to spend eternity with him as God makes all things new. This is a wild, a wild story. And this story gets even crazier. Matthew chapter 2, there's these, these guys that come from, from we don't know how far to bring a gift to Jesus. And I think from this, 
from this story. Uh, I know we know this and we can sing the song of We Three Kings. We didn't know that there were three. We just know that they brought three gifts. Uh, but what we can learn from it is that God has us on a journey. And it's a journey to get to the truth. It's a journey to push past even all the religion of Christianity and into this intimate relationship that requires a, a decision from our heart. Beyond reasoning with your mind, you can have a real relationship with God, but it's a decision that you make right here. And I believe for some of you, you're gonna make it today. And this will be the greatest decision you will ever make in all eternity. To not show up in church, but to let God's love show up in your heart. To give him access granted to all, all of, of you. Matthew chapter two, it says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King, King Herod. Now, Rome rules over this providence of Rome, over Israel, but they put in uh, these leaders. And King Herod, with all his political ties and power, rises to this place, and the Jewish people hate him. Because not only is he like speaking on behalf of Rome, he's advocating for the end of the Jewish religion and for them just to jump in line with the Greek way of thinking, with Roman rule, he, he, he just occupies, and he, and he leads the nation with terror. He, he, he kills off anyone and everyone that he feels opposes, opposes him. He's, he's crazy, jealous, and insecure. In fact, he sends his own members of his family to be killed because he's worried they're going to steal his power. And so he's intimidated, we see, by this birth of a, a new king. It says that magi from the east, these are the wise east of Jerusalem, and they came and they asked, where's the one to be born that has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we've come to worship him. So these guys, they have some sort of understanding of biblical prophecy, and they're drawn by this star that led them to the place where Jesus was. It says, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, as was all of Jerusalem with him. And then he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law. In other words, all the religious insiders, and asked them, where's the Messiah to be born? They said, in Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem and land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod calls the Magi again to a secret meeting and, and found out the exact time that the star appeared to them, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go search carefully for the child there in Bethlehem, and as soon as you find him, Report it to me so that I may come, and you can put some air quotes here, I may go and, and worship him. We know that his plan was not to worship, but to exterminate this, this person that he thought could be a rival or a threat to his, his throne. He had a plan to kill him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star that they seen rose and went ahead of them, and it stopped over a place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming into the house, where Jesus was living. They saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshiped him. The Bible tells us then they opened their treasures. That's a response to real worship is to bow down. We're worship to God to, to realize that, man, who are we that we get to be in your presence? Our posture is that of one of humility. And then they opened up their treasures and presented him with some gifts. This is why we give gifts at Christmas. It's a response to these gifts that they gave. We give, they gave the gift of gold. How many feel like that's a really solid gift? 
Like, if you got kids, that's the gift they open at the very end. The big gift is the gold gift. But, and honestly, the gifts kind of seem like they fall off after that. You've got frankincense and myrrh. This perfume for worship and then this kind of essential oil. Okay? How many of you believe in essential oils? God bless you. Amazing. If we didn't offend you with Santa, I might offend you with essential oils. And the wise men came to Mary and says, hey, when Jesus grows up, get him to sell these essential oils to his 12 disciples, and then they will sell them to others. And <laughs> just like the pyramids in Egypt. We, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. If it works for you, God bless you. It's awesome. But what a crazy story. We don't know a lot about these guys. We don't know how many there were. We just know that they brought gifts. We know that they went on a journey, though. That when they had an opportunity to be in on something new that God was doing, they didn't look at it from a distance. They didn't just study and ponder what it could be. They left what they were doing to find out what God was doing. They wanted to be where God was. They wanted to be in on what God, God was doing. So I got a couple thoughts for you. If you want to be in on what God is doing in your life, there's some things that I think you've got to learn how to turn over to God. Some things that you need to bring to him, just like they laid these gifts down at Jesus' feet, you might need to, in your heart posture, present this over to Jesus for yourself. I want to talk a little bit about a gift for a king, because what do you give the guy who's got everything? I mean, Jesus has got, he hung the cosmos. Jesus' streets in his real hometown are made of gold, and he's the king there. What do you bring a king? What can you possibly give someone who has everything? Wouldn't you want to bring Jesus a gift? Like, think about the gift of what he means for us. Everyone who believes in Jesus in this room, think about what he's done for you. I mean, let's just testify of the goodness of God for a moment. If you're in this room and Jesus has radically changed your life, can you just raise your hand for a second? Come on, let's see the goodness of God on display. Come on, let's celebrate. What it, when he met us, we were without hope. Now we have an everlasting hope. When he found us, we had no chance to make a way forward, but he made a way for us. What do we give a guy that can do that? Maybe you're the kind of family that draws names because your family's large, so you don't have to get gifts for everybody. Great move for the budget. Uh, you draw names. You kind of got the secret Santa thing, and there's always that person that you really wish they would draw your name. Every family has a magi, right? <laughs> get my gold on. I love it when uncle, insert name, gets my Because I know we've set a budget limit, and that is where he starts, and he knows no end. <laughs> we also have that other person in our family, the Ebenezer Scrooge of the family. And if you don't know who that person is in your family, it's you. I've got that person in my family. In fact, a couple years ago, I got a gift card, which you know I love gift cards. I like the power to choose for myself. But I got a gift card from this person in my family, not to name their names. This is going online. And I, I think at one point it might have had the amount that was the bare minimum for our gifts. But when I tried to use it, it had $27.13 on it. I got a used gift card from somebody. Never felt more valuable in my life. <laughs> Just check the balance before you re-gift. That's all I'm telling you right now. That's a pro tip for your Christmas this year. 
The thing about this story of the Magi, it's, it's not even the gifts, and we're gonna learn from the gifts in a moment. To me, what's so incredible is that these are guys that are presented as kings, as wise men, men of understanding, men of authority. Obviously, it looks like men of wealth, but they do not sit back in comfort. They choose to journey and, and to have an audience with, with God. They leave their affluence and their comfort to set out to, to find the truth. What is the truth? We don't know what they traveled on. We always picture them on camels. And I can tell you, as a person that was once on a camel in Israel, that is not a comfortable journey. If you want to have children, do not ride a camel. It's painful. But they're willing to get uncomfortable. I wonder if we can't get a little uncomfortable today. I wonder if we cannot go through the motions and just skip all the pageantry of Christmas for a moment. And I love that today is a celebration. And I love the kingdom kids and, and all the fun and festivities of the moment and the season. But I wonder if we can just cut through all that and just have a real authentic conversation. And maybe it's uncomfortable. And really look at the status of our hearts and our life. Not just our words, but our deeds. And are we really on a journey out of comfort and into calling? Out of the place where we've got it right where we want it to actually pursue Jesus to where he's called us to go? Is there room in our lives to get out of our normal, to experience him in a special, a special way? So when they show up, they don't come just for more knowledge. They're wise men. What do they do when they come and they meet him? They, they bow and worship. Do you ever want to know if you're really mature in the faith? If you really have Bible understanding, it's actually an application of your surrender. That, that the more we know about God's ways and even God's word, the more we should have this wonder of worship towards Jesus. And your level of joy this Christmas is directly related to what you're really seeking after. If you're seeking after things that you feel like will satisfy memories that be made, and all those things are wonderful, but you're not seeking after the truth, you might get what you're looking for, but it will not be what you think it is. You'll be unfulfilled. Some people are in here today, you're seeking direction for this next year, this next season of life. You're seeking hope because it's been a, a frustrating or hard year. Maybe you're seeking peace because you're in the midst of some problems right now, and maybe you're just seeking real love. But when you seek Jesus in your journey, willing to get out of your comfort, really to step in to follow him, to be closer to him, and to worship him when you find him, you'll find that not only will all these things that you've been seeking after pale in comparison to who he is, but what you really need and what God designed you for, you will have in all of its fullness. What do you want to get out of this Christmas? What would make this the most wonderful time of the year for you this year? Maybe it's getting your whole family together and everyone being happy. For some of you, that's the win. For other of you, that feels like a war. Maybe it's the right present to give or to receive, something you've really been desiring. That's great. If your goal, though, this Christmas is for everything just to go right and for you to be right in the world, without worship and wonder of Jesus, you will be disappointed. Because there's a vacuum in the heart of every man and all of humanity to, to know God, to be with God. In fact, the Bible says that inside of us there was this longing for eternity, longing for forever answers. And every temporal thing on the earth, as good as it is, even family and friends and blessing and favor, all those things are wonderful. 
but it will not fulfill the deepest desire that God designed on the inside of your heart. Only he can. And he does that through the gift of Jesus. So your problem, if you find yourself searching and journeying for all these other things and still coming up empty, it's not that Christmas didn't deliver. The problem isn't Christmas, it's your, it's your expectations. The Magi came expecting one thing in one place, but they actually got turned to another thing. They thought that for sure Jesus would be born in the palace of the Jews, in the capital of the Jewish people. They, 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 they got it right because they went to the right nation, but they got it wrong because they went to the right, wrong place. It's, what are you looking for this Christmas? Because some of you, you're in the right place right now, but you're actually looking for the wrong thing. You're, you're thinking that it's gonna be another person that, that fulfills my life. Definitely relationships, community, marriage could be the most fulfilling parts of your life, but they cannot fulfill the deepest desires of the heart. Maybe it's just, hey, if I just keep hustling, I'm gonna elevate myself in my career to the certain level. Once I get there, then I'm gonna be complete. But the truth is, anyone who's been up that ladder knows that when you get to that place, you're still the same. It might be a blessing, but it doesn't change any of your brokenness. I really wonder if you're willing to get uncomfortable a little bit. Go on a journey. Find Jesus for who he really is and who he really wants to be to you. And in return, we, we worship in wonder and, and in awe. Because the, the Magi were so close and they almost missed it. But then they found Jesus where he really was. It required a little more journey for them. I think about all the wise Spiritually, like influencers, the scribes and the teachers of the law, the Herod called to get the right answer, the right Bible answer. They had the right answers, but they never had the relationship. Why? For years, in fact, 400 years, they've been waiting for this moment. I mean, the prophecy we read earlier from Isaiah was 700 years before the birth of Jesus. For some of you, from that prophecy to now, it's 2,700 years, 2,000 years since Jesus went to the cross, and you're, you're wondering, where can, I find, where can I find these answers? But the religious leaders in Jerusalem, they've been waiting and studying for 400 years, but they want to take the 4.8-mile journey from Jerusalem to Bethlehem because some people would rather just have a think about it or a talk about it than actually go and investigate it for themselves. They weren't willing to make the journey, and I pray and been praying this week that you would have an authentic journey in your heart towards who Jesus is and what does he really mean to you. That you would experience him in, in the fullness of his wonder, his majesty and his glory, even when he comes in the most humbling of ways. See, the Magi came to Jesus bearing gifts and even in their gifts, their gifts preach the gospel. Did you know that? Their gifts are a, a foretelling of who Jesus is. They, they brought great gifts. The gift of gold is the gift that kings give to kings. You know that they were honoring that moment that, hey, we believe that this really is the king of kings. So we brought gold. No one is above him. They brought this gift of, of frankincense. It's a, it's a gift of worship that the priest would use, like an incense, to burn in the place where God showed up and met with people. You know, that's what a priest does. And, and in fact, the, the author of Hebrews in our Bible says that Jesus is the one true priest, the great high priest that once and for all connects us with God. They had an understanding somehow spiritually that they brought this gift to Jesus. Even baby Jesus, what good is frankincense to him? No, it's speaking to who he could be and who he would be. 
that he would be the priest that would mediate between God and man. Third gift is really strange, the essential oil, the myrrh. Myrrh is something that they would use to anoint the dead before burial. I mean, that's kind of morbid. Hi, happy birthday. To a, you go to a baby shower and you bought him a cemetery plot. Come on, how many know that's weird? But it was speaking to the fact that they somehow had some sort of understanding or under the direction of God's guidance that this king would be unlike any other king and he would be the one true high priest, but he would die. He would die for the sins of humanity and he would raise again in glory. That's what we believe. Just those three gifts, if you just understand that, you know who Jesus is and what he has come to do, what he has done for us, these gifts for a, a king. And so that's what we acknowledge. If you're a believer, this is what we acknowledge, this is what we believe, that he is a king above all. We acknowledge that he's the only way, the great high priest that you can get to God. We acknowledge that he made a way for us when we could not get there ourselves by giving up his life as a perfect sacrifice, atoning for our sins to redeem us back from brokenness and sin and establishes us in the family of God for forever. Can we just thank Jesus for his gifts of his life? Beautiful. So what do we bring our king? What do we give the guy that's got everything? I believe that what he really wants from you, he can't manufacture or make it happen. It's a free decision, free will decision you make for yourself. And I, the beauty of Jesus is that when we actually present these things, I've got three things for us. We actually give these things to him. The reason he desires them, because he's perfect, he's complete, he's lacking nothing. But the reason he wants them it's because when your heart is postured in wonder and worship like the Magi were presenting open gifts to him, it's because of what he can do for us and through us. Isn't that just like Jesus? You can't outgive the greatest giver. That when you bring these three gifts that we'll look at in just a moment, he, it's actually because it gives you the life you were destined and called to live. But you will not live it to its fullest without presenting these gifts to the king. So what do we give him? The first thing that he wants from us is your, your trust. He wants you to put your faith and your trust in him. He doesn't have your trust unless you actually give it to him. The Bible says this in Psalms 50. I want you to trust me in your times of trouble so I can rescue you and you can give me glory. In other words, by the way I go to work in your life and in your world, redeeming back broken situations and struggles, the way I help you when you give me your faith is so that I can show off on your life and ultimately the blessing, the favor, the turnaround miracle story in your life glorifies me. It's not what he just does for us, it's what he does through us. Second thing you can give him, that you have to choose to give him, is your first, your first that he goes first. He's either the king over everything or he's the king of nothing in your life. Is he first in every area? Jesus will not occupy second place. In the life of a believer, in your and I's life, he's gotta be, he's gotta be first. I think sometimes we, we do give, give God our, the, our trust and a chance to get to work when nothing else works, am I right? Come on, I do this sometimes. 
I know you think I, I've got it all figured out, but there's times where I make my own plan and I push as hard as I can and I'm perspiring to get it done. And then when it fails, then I pray. And then I pray. In fact, I, I'm actually asking a gift. I got a gift for you uh, today. If you want God to go and show up in your world and in your life, on your chair, I've lost mine, but there's a connect card. This is a gift we have for you. Listen, I know this sounds like the most spiritual gift and you're gonna be disappointed because you didn't get the AirPods. <laughs> but on your seat, there is a connect card. And if you would trust us enough as a family of faith, even if it's part of your spiritual family, to write down what you are believing for for this next year, or even right now in your life. I promise you, as we enter into January, but even before the end of the year, we go to 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we're gonna pray over your needs. And I would say this, even if you're the most skeptical person in here when it comes to spirituality and it comes to Christianity, just put on there what you're believing for and give us the chance to pray out to the God that cares and goes to work and deeply desires for you to know him and to trust him. Because we would love to pray for whatever you're walking through. You can drop that off on your way out and watch and see. I believe this miracle story after miracle story is gonna follow in this next season of God Momentum. And you're gonna experience for yourself what it looks like to put them first in every area of your life. See, the truth is we wanna give them first. We, we understand that that is right, but then it's just so easy to allow everything else around us to fill that space. The Bible says that this is where he belongs and this is what he desires. In fact, even the first of the big 10 commandments, right? It's no other God before me. And anything else you place above God in your life, the Bible would call that an idol. And a lot of times it's good things. It's my family. It's my career. It's, it's my, 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 the, the, my relationships. It's my marriage. Come on, it's my, the raising of kids. Let me know that's an honorable and beautiful thing. But it cannot be first in your life or your life will be out of order. Because you can build your life all sorts of ways by yourself, but it'll be an empty life unless Jesus is the first. We would call that the foundation. In the building of a building, they start with pouring the concrete, laying the rebar, and strengthening the foundation. And for your life, put Jesus first. Yes, he's king over everything, but he's who you're building your life, your life upon. The best thing you could ever do for the things that you deeply care about, care about your marriage, you care about your family, you care about your children, you care about your, your career, maybe your business, or you care about that stuff so much, you think about it all the time. The best thing you could ever do for all those things you care about is make sure the one you care about the most is Jesus. Because when you give him your trust and you give him your first, what you're really giving him is this third thing, it's your heart. This is a thing that he created. He gave you breath in your lungs and a heart that beats he created it all, but what I'm talking about is not the, 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 the organ on the inside of you that pumps blood. I'm talking about the innermost part of who you really are. You give that to him. And some of you are thinking, yeah, I want to give that to him. I want to be fully open, but I just got to clean some things out. I've got some... I got some, some junk in there. I got some shame in there. I got some hurt in there. I've got some heartache in there. I, I've got just some reoccurring things I know aren't right for me, but I just, I almost don't seem like I can, I can help myself. I've got some, some, some heartache other people have caused me in there. Once I kind of get that resolved 
and I get it nice and cleaned up, then I'm gonna give it to Jesus. But friends, it never works that way because you cannot redeem and restore your own life. Only your creator can. And so when you learn to turn to him with your heart, as imperfect as it might be, it's the perfect place and posture for God to show up with his power and to radically transform your life. So we don't just give him our good things. We don't just give him our best on Sunday. We give him our worst situations and scenarios, our sin, our past, our mistakes, our shame, our pain. He actually wants it all because he could do something about it. Psalms 37, again in the Psalms, says, open up before God. Keep nothing back. That is a word for some of you today. I'm gonna be open before God. I'm not holding anything back anymore. I might pretend with people, but I'm not gonna pretend with him because guess what, he already knows. And he still wants it. He knows every misalignment, misstep, mistake, every time you've been hurt, marginalized, every time you've been a victim, every time you've victimized someone else. Every bit of pride, every bit of pain, he knows it all and he says, I want it. Why? Because he knows what he could do with it. A heart that is fully open to him, keeping nothing back. And what does it say? He says, he'll do whatever needs to be done. So today, would you give him what he really wants, your heart? And say to him, God, I'm opening up my life to you, the good, the bad, the ugly, stuff I'm ashamed of, stuff I struggle with, even my success, I turn it over to you, God, it is all yours. I am totally open before you. The truth is, God wants all of that. He wants that trust, he wants to be first. He wants our heart because he cares about his kids cares about. Jesus even says, hey, earthly dads, as imperfect as we are, don't we want the best for our kids? How much more so does your perfect father have good gifts for you, have good things in store for you? In John 3, 16, the most famous passage of all time, it's the gospel story in just a few, a few lines, but it's personal for us. It says, so God loved the whole world. Yes, friend, everyone in the world. Even the people we don't like, he loves. Even the times when we're hard to like or to love, he loves. He gave, so the whole world, he gave his only begotten son. That's the gift of Jesus. That whoever believes in him, not whoever acts right, who performs right, who excels, no, no, no. Just have faith in him, an open heart and an honest heart. Just come to him just as you are in humility. That's all of us. This is an invitation for every single one of us. But you'll not perish. You're going to live an everlasting life with God. It's the greatest of gifts. Back to Matthew 2, the Magi show up on their journey, willing to get uncomfortable. They come into the house. They saw the child with Mother Mary, and they, they bowed down and worshiped him. They opened. They opened up their life. They opened up their heart. They opened up and brought the gifts. Here you go, king. Here you go, priest. Here you go, sacrifice the perfect spotless son of lamb that died for the salvation of mankind here. In response to all that you are and will be, here's what I have to give to you, all that I have. Jesus says, wherever that treasure of yours is, your heart is also, do you treasure him above all else? It's an amazing little twist to the story that as they encounter him in this moment of worship, we don't know how long they were there. We know that God, though, warned them in a dream, it says in verse 12, not to go back to Herod. Don't come back the way you came. Go a different way. And they return back to their country by a different route. And I, I think um, 
it might be a stretch to say this, but I think this is a symbol of our lives. We've been looking for something and we didn't quite find it like the Magi. We thought this is where it would be. It made reasonable sense. And I'm looking around at all mankind, it would make reasonable sense that I could find success in my career is satisfying to my soul. It would make reasonable sense that a marriage and a family would fulfill my deepest needs. Although they are a blessing, they can't do that. They were never created for that. It make reasonable sense that if I let everybody like me and love me for who I pretend to be, then I'll feel good about myself. And we all know that that's empty. It make reasonable sense that the king of the Jews would be born in Jerusalem in the palace, but it wasn't. And then the light shines again. The star from heaven illuminates again. To me, that's a symbol of grace. You thought that you could get there on your own, but you needed divine guidance from heaven to say, no, 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 I know you came to a dead end and you might be disappointed, but guess what? The journey still continues. I will take you a little bit farther. In fact, it's not very far from where you are. It's less than five miles away. It's the thing you've been looking for. It's not where you thought you would find it, but I've come to find you. If you'll journey a little further, I'll take you to a face-to-face -face encounter with what you're really after. And then he goes a different route. Wars, hey, because of Herod's got bad plans, go a different route. To me, this speaks of repentance. Oh, repentance, for some of you that didn't grow up in church and some of us that did. Repentance is not groveling at the feet of Jesus for a little bit of grace for our problems. No, repentance means because he's already said yes to forgiving us, we change. We change course. We change direction. They might have had to go away that was a little bit longer or a little different. It might have been a little bit even more costly, but it was a change in the path. Some of you, even believers, listen, it is time because of how good God has been and his grace has illuminated your life and Jesus is real and authentic to you to actually change the course of how we live. How then shall we live with our king? Enthroned on our heart means that what? We're gonna trust him. We're gonna trust him and not try everything else in our own power and then trust him when everything else fails. No, we're gonna trust him right here, right now because he gets to go first in every area of our life. Not only are we gonna say that you're first, but you have access granted to all of my heart. I'm no longer holding anything back from the one who left heaven to come and find me, who left heaven to come and help you. My prayer for you today is that you give God your trust that he would be first, truly king in your life. That you would understand he is the high priest that makes you right with God. And he laid down his life for you. Because of that, you can lay down your life for him. And he will give you a life that he designed and destined for you to have. A life of purpose and a life of calling. That you'd give him your heart. And if you would give him what he's asking, what he desires, friends, he will give you all the things that you truly desire. When he's first, we seek first his kingdom, his ways, his righteousness. Everything we need is added unto us. But it starts with that open heart on the journey towards real truth. In worship and in awe, we present just who we are to him. And that's all he's ever wanted, was for you to know his love and for him to really know you. And he knows you. He knows the hairs that are on your head, he knows the heartaches that you walk through. He knows the disappointments, even maybe of this last year. He knows the current dilemmas that you might be facing. He knows everything about you. In fact, he knows more about you than you know about yourself. 
And he says, ah, that's the recipient of my everlasting love. That's the one I want to give my grace to. That's the one I want to help and hold in my hand. That's the one that when they humble themselves under my hand, I will elevate them up to their purpose and potential. That's the one that I'm after. I'm after you. And this is the true story of Christmas. Yes, it's a manger. And yes, it's the shepherds and the magi. And yes, there's all sorts of fun and festivities that we celebrate 2,000 years later. But the truth of it all is that God wanted you so much that he left everything that we would desire to come and be with us because you are his heart's desire. He desires you. And he desires to change you. Not to inform you to some sort of Christian robot. No, no, no. To give you life in abundance, life in its fullness, life rich with meaning, a satisfied soul. But you only find that. You only find that with a heart of surrender. So it's surrender time. It's actually time for Jesus to open up some gifts from you. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? In just a moment, I'm going to pray prayer of faith, a prayer of decision, a prayer of belief to say yes to the gift of Jesus or to put him first in your life, to open up before him and give him all the things that he really wants from you, that trust, that, that first place, that whole heart. God, I thank you for every heart that's here, those that need you, those that came in here just to say yes to a friend's invitation, those that maybe were drawn here and they don't know why. Maybe those that have been here many times before, but, but they still have a wrestle from a dissatisfied soul. They still have some areas where they've kind of cut you out. Lord, today they want to give you a gift, what you really desire. They want to give you the gift of putting their full trust in you. They want to give you the gift that you get to go first. They want to give you the gift of their whole heart. They're going to open up before you. And when they do, some for the first time, some coming back home to faith in you and that you're first, Lord. I thank you that you're gonna meet them by your Holy Spirit with radical change, with hope that's birthed on the inside of them, with a peace that surpasses all understanding, and with the promises of God right in front of them for the life that you created them for. If you're in this room, if you're online, and if you're in Lansing right now, and you've never said yes to Jesus, don't miss this opportunity. No one is promised tomorrow. You might not get to Christmas Eve or next Christmas. This is a today decision. Or maybe you've said yes before and you've just gone your own way. You've wandered away. It's time for him to come back first, first place. If that's you, what we're gonna do, we're gonna pray one big prayer together. There's one big family of faith. We're not gonna isolate you or single you out at all. But I do think there's just this stretch in the journey of one act of surrender and humility. And so I'm gonna ask of you, if you say, Pastor Kyle, that is me. I have to get my life right with Jesus. He has to go first from this moment on. All I'm asking of you is that you just in this moment, just raise your hand and acknowledge the fact that you want to live wide open before Jesus. You want to receive him as your savior and make him the king of your life. Today is your day of repentance and today is your day of forgiveness and today is your day of relationship with God. If that's you, would you just lift your hand just just to say, I'm in on Jesus. There's one of you, there's two of you, three of you, four of you, five of you, six of you, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 of you, 13 in the back, 14, 15. I might miss your hand. Guys, I see you, it's never too late. 16, God totally sees your heart. 17, I see you, young lady, I'm so proud of you. 
What a beautiful moment of new beginnings. Can we pray a prayer all together as one family of faith? You can open up your eyes and lift your head. Come on, church. This is, as a church, I think we, we presented a place where we're really giving Jesus what he wants. He wants more lives forever changed. Amen. Can we say this all together in a celebratory? Because after all, this is Christmas, right? This is a moment of celebration and surrender. This is a moment of grace and forgiveness. This is a moment of resurrected life. Say this with me. Say, thank you, God. Oh, we can do better than that. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus. I believe that gift died for my sins, rose from the grave, so I can have a new life, a life with God, a life for God. From this day on, I'm not going back. I'm all in. Take me to the place of my calling. You go first in my life. I trust you. My heart is open. I'm all yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church family, can we celebrate?